Welcome to the Boss Lady Podcast, a podcast that gives you the edge. Each episode, we will be discussing strategies, tools, and techniques to support and empower all women. We'll break down the best ways to secure your deserved seat at leadership tables like serving on boards, being in the C-suite, or running for elected office. I'm Teresa Rand, and this is the Boss Lady Podcast. Welcome to the Boss Lady Podcast. I'm Al Smith here with Teresa Rand, founder and CEO of Boss Lady. Hello, Teresa. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Good. Middle of December. Well, not quite, but getting there. Close enough. I mean, you know, we're getting, just get that last, (sighs) get that zero (laughs) gone and that one there. We're ready for 2021. I don't say it's going to be better, but I'll take my chances. (laughs) I think we all will, Al. I was listening to a podcast today it said what are you going to own in 2021 like you know your life what do you want to own in 2021 and i haven't come up with an answer yet i just am ready for 2021 just move on my life back (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) i want normal whatever that's supposed to be maybe wake up and be crazy busy yeah and not have my my desk next to the kitchen (laughs) yeah there you go. Thanks, I know, right? And then Katie will be back, you know, last month yes. for Thanksgiving, we had Pastor Katie on, and she'll be back um, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Can't remember one of those that uh, we'll put her, and she'll have some, her and I chatted earlier today, and she'll have some words of wisdom for us about what's take, important yeah. Yeah. as we end this year and start a new year. So I'm looking forward to the word. that. I'm looking forward to the V word. Yeah. What's that? Vaccine. <laughs> oh, okay. That's right. That's right. Well, I think we'll be last in line. Um, well, you're older than me. You might get yours before <laughs> me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. Painfully true. Woo. No, I'm not. I'm not so worried about me getting it. Just like just everybody, you know. Yeah. Get back to normal. Gets I there. know. I know. It's their, uh, you mean, you know, whatever. We just, it sounds like progress to me. And I think it really speaks to, um, really to, to, you know, free enterprise, the free enterprise system and and government working together, right? Public private partnership. Wow. What a novel idea. I know, right? And and both parties are going to be able to take some credit. Yeah. So what's a novel idea? Collaboration, I think they call that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, It's like, my, I mean, I don't know if you've read some of the stuff on this, but it's just uh, the the amount of effort and work and foresight and technology and science and all that goes into this. It's amazing. Is you know to, then to get it to you know yeah Here little it is. granny in the middle of Iowa in a nursing home within three weeks yeah. of being done. I mean, that's just like yeah, it's amazing. It's absolutely it's amazing what humans away. can do. When they put their mind to it. Of course, this whole thing's reminded me. I wish I'd have paid more attention in science class. Yeah, me too. I don't really me know what too. they're talking about, but yeah, I know. I hopefully, there's, you know, the cavalry's on yeah. the way. We're gonna see a better year coming yeah. up next year. That's and you and I just recently did switching gears here a little bit. Um, 
master class, our first master class we did last week, and on putting together a great resume. Yeah. So we so did. Important. We're a good tag team, yeah. and I don't know what our next one's going to be, but we're going to do some more of those in 2021. We're actually. Yeah. We've had a couple conversations, but nothing that we're ready to share publicly yeah, right. yet because yeah. we don't know. But we are committed to doing <laughs> yes, those once a are. month that will be free. And you can always go on um, TeresaRanConsulting.com and keep up with the latest and the greatest that Al and I are up to. And all about Boss Lady, how you can join Boss Lady, how you can be part of Boss Lady no matter where you are. And get all of that education. Got a new Facebook group coming called Career Cultivators that we'll talk more about uh, as the new year unfolds. So a lot of exciting things going on. Just a few more days. Yeah. <laughs> or January the 1st, yes. Al. I know. I'm getting excited thinking about it. But anyway, we've got, uh, I know you've got a great guest coming up. And so yep, um, I do. A good friend of two mine. Boss and a really we got smart, two boss ladies. we got two boss ladies. Yep, folks. lady. Yep. <laughs> Looking forward to talking to her. All right, well, let's take a break and we'll get right to that interview. All right, sounds good. Whether you are an entrepreneur climbing the corporate ladder or a stay-at-home mom, you are a boss lady. Check out TeresaRanConsulting.com and find out how you can join our unique group of women. Together, we are cultivating growth by embracing, empowering, and educating each other. Check us out today. So we're back from the break, and Al, let's start with the random thought of the day before I introduce our guest, because, and she doesn't know this yet, but I actually took something out of an article that was just written about Suzanne in the Stetson Uh University magazine. Aren't you clever? Alumni that I thought, that's pretty good, and used that as my random thought for today. And it is my passion for continuous improvement drives me to always look for a better solution. So I think that's, that's pretty powerful. That's very good. And I happen to know our guest personally and know that that's very true about her. Always learning, always reaching out, always doing more and more and more, which you'll find out. So Another one is another like you type A. Another type A, okay. another smart friend yes, I have. have. Bobby and I once again. <laughs> <laughs> I expect nothing less. Yeah, of course. I don't want to disappoint. So you never do. I am going to introduce Suzanne Forbes, who, uh, full disclosure, is a friend of mine. And when I was the CEO of the YMCA, her firm did our books for several years. So I have known Suzanne. We've been roommates on some trips through a volunteer group that we um, are part of. So I know her well, and uh, I am honored to have her as a guest today. So I'll read a little bit of her bio, and then we're just going to jump into her unique life, Suzanne. That's the best way I know to say it. As a Stetson University graduate with a master's in accounting, Suzanne has more than 30 years of experience in the accounting industry. She specializes in accounting, tax, and business consulting services. She is the managing partner of the firm and leads the real estate services team. Her passion lies in nurturing economic development and using her creative side to help businesses grow. She also works with the community out of this passion she has for economic development, for giving back. She is a former chair of the Daytona Beach Chamber of Commerce. 
and certainly ser- and currently serves on that organization's economic development committee. She's also active with the Daytona Beach Community Foundation and the Daytona Beach Checkered Flag Committee. Throughout her career, she has authored articles on accounting and income tax issues and conducted numerous courses on these topics, and some of which my husband has been part of since he's a commercial realtor. He has heard you when you speak to the realtors group, I think, annually. But without further ado, as they say, welcome to my friend, Suzanne. Thank you, Teresa, for that introduction, and I'll use passion a few times, so that seems appropriate. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and there is so much we could talk about. We were joking ahead of time about how much time do we have, and we were like, well, we'll we'll depend on Bobby and Al to stop us, because <laughs> as roomies, I can remember us sitting up late a couple times talking and jabbering and catching up and doing all the fun things that we, we did. When we were part of solving all the group. problems of the world, yeah, right? <laughs> absolutely. So I want to talk about your work, but one of the things that stuck out in the Stetson article that was both interesting and like really is that when you were growing up, first of all, in Key West, and not many people that I know are born and raised in Key West, Florida, um, but you had a pet barracuda. Right? Is that well, true? Well, I thought everybody did. <laughs> <laughs> so I do have to correct you. Actually, I wasn't born in Key West. I was born in New Jersey, but my family moved there when I was about a year old. Uh, so I okay, only did good. the keys. Okay. So perfect. I'm not, I'm considered a freshwater cunt, not a saltwater cunt. Oh, got it. Got I it. I wasn't born there. But uh, I grew up there and graduated from high school there. And that was the life I knew. And I, uh, my sisters and I, we would jump in the canal and we would go swim out into the bay and that was where Mr. Bubbles lived and he was our barracuda and he would follow us around and we never thought anything about it. Uh, we go out and we'd catch lobster and uh, go fishing and come back in and that was pretty normal life. Uh, um, and matter of fact, we really, uh, when our kids got older, I wanted them to experience that where we do go down to the Keys and there's no electronics. Sometimes we can get some place where we don't even have cell phone reception and we enjoy the water, the, the natural beauty yeah. that um, we have on this earth that so many people just don't get to see and appreciate and show them how, how uh, sensitive our environment is. I'm very much uh, very conscious about you know, taking care of the beautiful nature that we have and appreciating it. So uh, I think that was from my roots. I kid that um, salt water's in my veins and will always be in my veins. So I have to get on the water. I know you do. I, I know when tax season's over, sometimes I get a picture of you at your house in the Keys. <laughs> <laughs> working, quote unquote, so, working remotely, working time, remotely, yeah, working from remotely, the lifeguard yeah. stand overlooking the water, yeah. So this is true. It's not but that's all great. Working remotely. But no, I guess you do know now that everybody doesn't have a pet barracuda. Did you have a pet barracuda not growing up, Al? No. no. But I did love the water. I'm with yeah, you on I know that. you did love the water. <laughs> I know did. you did. So you chose Stetson to go to school back in 1984. But you finished a five-year degree in three years, correct? Yes, I did. So I chose Stetson because um, I found a friend of mine that was going there. and um, My father was not able to put us through college. Um, he, he didn't have the resources to right. do that. And I, I had a friend, and she was going to Stetson. And, um, I know that her family didn't have the resources. And 
talked to her and found out I didn't know anything about financial aid and student loans and scholarships and uh, applied to Stetson because they had the best accounting program for pass, best passing rate on the CPA exam in the Southeast. And thought that that um, I had a friend when I was in probably middle school that I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I said, well, I'm good with math, maybe be an accountant. And I remember her saying to me, uh, you need to be a CPA. And I'm like, well, what is a CPA? And, you know, certified public accountant. And she says, they're, they're like attorneys, but for financial matters. And I was like, oh, okay, I could do that. And so I said, okay, well, what do I need to do to be a CPA? And then I had a great mentor in high school, and she connected me with a local CPA. And I started working for him when I was in 10th grade. And uh, going to college and, and doing those things. So I knew I was one of those people that knew, I thought I knew what I wanted to do and seeked out one of the best accounting uh, programs that was local, you know, in Florida at least. Right. And uh, that was Stetson. And so um, I went to college in high school because it was free. And um, I didn't know how I was going to pay for college. And so before most people ever did do enrollment or anything like that, I graduated just shy of my associate's degree from high, in high school and went to Stetson as a junior. And um, as I told them on the interview with Stetson, they didn't, didn't really know what to do with me. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. Because that wasn't common back back then. I mean, uh, but the reality is now we know a lot of kids do that. But that wasn't right. a common occurrence. So, it, you know, for There's you to not at get all. to college. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Mr. Masters, Joe Masters, was the head of the accounting program there. He was very much a legend and built that accounting program to be what it was. And he didn't think too much about having this, um, at the time, 17-year-old wow, in his, uh, intermediate, his uh, junior-level classes. And uh, um, so uh, that was an interesting experience. Uh, he recruited me, James Moore and Company. So apparently did pretty well in his classes. And, and uh, he was a, a lifelong mentor of mine until he passed away. And uh, just a real... Um, an opportunity to be surrounded by some great people like yeah. like he was. Yeah, and I had to laugh when I read that you graduated with your five years and your CPA before you were legally old enough to drink. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, legally old enough, that's true. <laughs> legally old enough, yes. I did put that legally in quotes. Yeah. But I also so. know you're quite the wine connoisseur now, I, I having <laughs> known you and been out to dinner with you. If you're ever out with dinner, to dinner with Suzanne, you let her choose the wine. No, there you go. And it will, she will never disappoint. Never disappoint. Yeah, I remember I was on a chamber trip one time yep. today, and I ordered the wine, and they brought me the wrong bottle. I sent it back because yep. it was not the correct bottle, and everybody looked at me like you really knew what you were ordering. I'm like, I knew what I was ordering. Yep, That's I, not what I, ordered. I just sat, sat back and was quiet. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have been with the same company since you got out of college. Yes, yeah. I was. I, Joe Masters um, was a was a professor at Stetson, and he was also a uh, part time partner with James Moore and Company. James Moore actually uh, was a professor at University of Florida, uh-huh. so we had had some history within the firm of having um, professors. And he knew that I was probably not the traditional student. I um, really, I was in, you know, engaged. Um, my husband and I started dating when I was 15 years old and um, we would have gotten married earlier, but I couldn't because of financial aid. And so he, I really had no interest in a national firm and right. I wanted to be a big fish in a little pond, not a, you know, a little fish in a big pond. Yeah. And 
And I knew at the time before the internet what my options were, and and uh, James Moore and Company was obviously on my my radar. And so I started working for the firm. Um, the I had one more semester of my master's degree to go uh, when I started with the firm. Okay. Wow! In Work- 1987. Yeah, working full time, getting your master's. All of the 19, 20 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd like to say I was five. I went on a story. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Anymore. Well, I want to let the listeners know, and we're, we're going to talk about this in a minute, and I'm going to bring it up because I want to ask a personal question um, because I do know you, but James Moore was just, was it this year or 2019? It was just this year that they were named the number one best firm for women. In accounting magazine, and this is a national award, correct? Yes, it was yeah. a national award, national recognition. Yeah, and I want to talk about that because you have a little different take. And I, when I listen to you, and I know your story, you had a male mentor, you went straight into the firm, and you, you and I have talked about, you know, there were good men running the firm at the time. But I also want to talk about all the accomplishments that you personally have made, including becoming the managing partner recently. And you've raised two incredible kids. You've got a great marriage. So regardless of the firm, it seems to me that work and family balance has always been of the utmost importance for you. So many of us, me included, um, or maybe I'm just talking about myself, didn't quite figure that out. I thought I had to work, 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 work. And then, oh, yeah, I've got three kids on the side, or I've got three kids and the job's going to fall apart. But you seem to really manage that well. Was that by design, or did you just kind of go with the flow and it happened? Wow, that is... um. It's a good question. It is personal. That's, um, it's, I mean, I got a very blessed, very lucky that I met a wonderful man yeah. and we do, we have a great family and I did not get to have a normal growing up family life. Right. Um, it was, my mother passed away two days after I was born and we had uh, moved and there was a stepmother in the picture and all the stories that you hear about and um you either you either survive or you thrive and you figure out that you're going to do something different and I knew I wanted something different for me and my um my our our family and our kids um my father was an amazing man when I look back at what he did and the, the, the circumstances that he was under I mean he he kept us together as a family in very, very difficult times and how he did it. I didn't, didn't respect and appreciate that until much later in life. But I also knew that that was really important yeah. uh, to me to make sure that my, um, that our family, our kids knew what a, a great uh, family life could be and have good role models. And so I think that drives a lot of it is you, you want, I think you always want better for your your family right. than what maybe what you had, and um, some of those adversities that you have in life, uh, you either take them and you take pity in them, and you don't try to change them, and you just say, "Well, this is all I know; it's not going to get any better," or you take them 
and you say, okay, I'm going to do something with this. I'm going to make this a better life. And I think that's really always been my outlook. Um, which uh, you could hear that I always say this life's 20% what happens to you and 80% how you yeah. respond. And that, so when I look at how people respond, I mean, when we, we, my husband, Brett and I moved up here, we, you know, we were engaged, we financial aid working full time. We lived in a trailer out in Pearson with no heat and air conditioning. I remember my first winter here, um, there was a, with the bathroom, um, this, this, uh, faucet was leaking in the, the tub and I came home and I remember I grew up in the Keys, so I didn't even know what frost was. <laughs> and um, there was an ice ring in our bathtub. <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> so cold. But we sacrificed, and we worked, and we, we knew that if we made those sacrifices then, that we would ultimately be better in the future. And they were really, really hard sacrifices. I mean, our, I remember our monthly rent payment was, Two hundred and sixty-six dollars a month, and I, they were not. You know, Brett was working two jobs. I was working, going to school, taking out debt, and doing those things. And you make those sacrifices, and you know, it's again, how do you respond to them? You know, that was that was both of our mentality. We we were going to do better. It was um, so. I so I think sometimes we lose perspective, and I tell the story for people especially like our newer staff that come in and, and they may see, they see me differently now. Um, see me spending time in the keys and, yeah, you know, and enjoying yeah. it. I was going to bring that wine. up because people that right. just see you in the community or just see you as this very successful managing partner. And of course, as your friend, I knew that story and I'm, I appreciate you sharing it because I think it's important and, and not just women for anybody to understand there is opportunity out there, and um, you, you have to look for it and take it. And it's not to say it's easy. It's not to say, I'm certainly not saying everybody has equal opportunity, but there is a mindset that you had and have that you're always, and it goes back to your quote, you know, continuous improvement. And obviously, that was ingrained in you by your father and your family early on. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that I tell, I don't mind sharing the story because I want people to realize, I mean, we are living the American dream. I, I am a hundred percent. I believe in, in what, you know, our founding fathers, um, felt when they came to this country, what we do. I mean, you can make it of what you want. You, you, it's, it's in your, it's in your control. And you know, my, my quote of life is 20% what happens to you but 80% of how you respond, you can control your response. And that's where you can get power. That's where you're yeah, empowered. And yeah. That's where you make, you can make that continuous improvement. And when something doesn't go your way or is you know, what we've been through for the last nine months. And it, I keep sitting back every day and thinking, okay, how do we take what's happened to make something positive out of it? Right. How other than being able to work remotely and have a beautiful view, or, <laughs> but how do we <laughs> right. figure out a way to take some of the things that we've been thrown at lately and say, okay, let's make something positive. Let's stay healthy. Let's respect what people's decisions are. Let's look like all of that, but let's make something positive out of it. For, for example, with our right. environment, we took 180 people of which maybe 15% of them worked remotely, not in the office prior to COVID. 
to 95% in a five-hour time period. Wow. One afternoon, March Jeez. 13th. I won't forget it. <laughs> okay. We all, I mean, we have pictures of people. They're, they were taking their chairs, their office chairs, and their TV monitors, which is what we hook up to, because of, and whirling them out of the office into their cars to go home and work remotely because wow. we didn't know what was hitting us. Yeah. And and so now we're, we've learned so much. So now we're trying to figure out, now we, we hire people that, are remote. We have a, a workforce that still is probably 70% remote. We're learning how to supervise remotely, how to screen share, get our clients comfortable with this is information that they can access electronically. I mean, we do, we've done things this last, the progress we have made in the last seven months uh, would have taken us five years probably to do yeah. if we weren't in the situation of COVID. And, and so I, I don't ever see us going back to exactly like it was pre-COVID, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna make this and make it better. Right, we're gonna make our our work environment better. We're we're in a situation now for employees that they can um, work remotely and be productive and effective and efficient and supervise well and connect with clients, do all these things. So you're constantly looking at what's your response? How are you going to respond to what's going on? And we're fortunate that we're in a profession that we can do that. Right, right. That we can respond. But I think, Suzanne, because, I, I, again, I know you and I know quite a few of your employees that all seem really happy, very proud of the organization. And the fact is you just won this award for the number one best firm for women, accounting firm for women, and you stated to me that you don't have a specific program toward women, but when you talk about this example of how you've responded to COVID, it sounds like you have more of a culture for people. Would that be a correct statement? Yeah, because I, I have been interviewed several times since we won the award, and everybody asked you, what, what program did you put in? And, and my response has always been, we treat people like people. Uh, we're, we're humans first. We're people first. Then we're, you know, mothers, spouses, um, you know, grandparents, um, coworkers, supervisors, bosses, all of those things. But first thing you have to do is you have to take care of yourself. You have to be number one. You have to be happy with where you are. Know, make the decisions that are best for you in your life. And you have to put family second. Um, you have to put yourself number one. A lot of people don't do that. Then you have to put family second. And then in me as managing partner, I, you know, some of the people would be shocked for me to say you have to put your, your, your business, your company third, mm-hmm. because if you don't have the first two in line, the right order, number three, like you said before, if you don't have that, putting your, you know, understanding those priorities of your family, you're not going to be happy. You, and I, I think in that seminar, you can't be a good teammate, a good a supervisor, a good boss, or anything, if you aren't happy at in home, like with yourself and, and at home, and those things are just so important. And so I tell people, there are t- I don't call it a work-life balance. I call it a work-life integration. Okay. You have to figure out how you're going to integrate the two because there are times when you're going to find that you, are, you, you have to put your family number one. And, um, you know, raising two children, I'm sorry, there are times I'd never miss 
I never missed a dance recital. I didn't ever miss, you know, a play or a soccer game. I missed some soccer games, but not everyone. And it's, it's key things. And those were priorities. And I wanted people within the firm to see me. I have it on my calendar to this day. My daughter's birthday is December 11th. I've got my day blocked out. Because I'm doing whatever she wants to do on her birthday. Because she's coming home from the university. She's going to be here on her birthday. I don't know how many more birthdays yeah. I'm going to get to spend with her. And, and, and it's, I want everybody to know I am making that a priority, but the following week, I'm going to be spending three days in, yeah. in Gainesville yeah. at the firm headquarters doing some year end stuff. And I'm not going to be there for my day. Yeah. So it's not, so I don't ask employees to sacrifice deadlines and for deadline driven business. I you mean, still have no to get around. your job fact, done. Yeah. We still have to get our job done. We have to do all those things, but it's not fair to ask for uh, you know, our team members to never put their family first. And then I want them to put the firm first when I need them to. That's, that's not fair. Yeah. And this, and, and I, I love what you said about work-life integration. Um, because when people ask me about work-life balance, I always say it's never completely balanced. One week mm-hmm. work goes well and everything falls apart at home. One week things go well at home and everything falls apart at work. It's the onus is on you to figure that out. And I'm actually doing a webinar for a group uh, out of Jacksonville next week on work-life balance. I gave them a list of 20 topics I could talk about, and that was the number one topic. And it's it's like we expect the company to figure that out for us. Now, that does not say there are companies that don't have a clue and don't care, that we know that's out there. But most of them, you just have to have open communication. And I even noticed in your um, bio or in the article from the college that you know, you took a step back after your second child was born and yet obviously that didn't set you back because here you are today 15 20 years later managing partner but again right. and I it knew had when to I, be the culture from the firm right and at the time I took the the step back from being the partner in charge of our office um I was in charge of um I had originally had been part in charge of our accounting and auditing practice. I was in charge of the office. I was in charge of our real estate segment and I knew it was too much and I didn't want, um, I mean, I was very goal driven and motivated, but I also knew there that there was a limit, right? That you yeah. had to, I, I got to a point where I didn't feel like I was maybe doing anything really, really well because I was spread too thin mm. and I was better to focus on certain things that were, that I could do better. And I had we, we believe in our firm and great leadership. And I had, uh, you know, Mike Sibley took over our office. I mean, he was, you know, we had great opportunities and we want uh, new leadership to come in. Cause I mean, I've been doing it for 15 years and, and as much as you can get excited, it gets old after a while. Right. You don't, you're not as fresh. You need to be. So we really believe in that innovation, that kind of what's, what's new. And, and ironically as being managing partner, kind of taking that three or four year hiatus of not being in charge of an office, gave me a different perspective mm. that I wouldn't have had otherwise. So you know, all things happen for a reason. Right. You don't really know, but it was now that I look back at it, it was like, wow, I, I didn't, now I understand I can relate to those partners that are not in, in what leadership roles within no, the firm, are, yeah. that they are leaders for, you know, they, they drive the, the business with clients, but not necessarily with the management of the firm. And so you have a different perspective. So you, you look at all of those different things, right. but you're right. You have to find a point in time when you say, okay, what's really important to me? 
And at the time, I knew that uh, the you know I needed to be um, a more a little bit more balanced than right, I right, was right. with well, the too much. The other thing that your firm does that I know is that you allow, for lack of a better word, I probably encourage is my guess is for your employees, teammates to get out and be in the community. There's nothing that goes on in our community that somebody from James Moore is not there. And I'm on a committee now through the chamber with a young woman that works for your office. She has small children. She's leading this group in the chamber, and yet she's still doing her job. We've been on Zoom calls with the crib in the background. And you guys have to allow for that, or they wouldn't be able to do all of that. Yeah, it is really important, and, and it's really important to, and I know who um, the person you're speaking of, mm-hmm. it's really important to her to have some impact in the community, uh, different things that are important to her. So you have to, um, it, you know, if we just wanted to be, you come in, and, and we've had a little bit of this issue with being remote where you come in, you, you, you go to your office, wherever it might right. be, your, your, your spare bedroom or your dining room table, and you turn on your computer and you log on, you start working, and then you, you, know, you Zoom call, you do technical stuff, and then you log off at the end of the day. And um, so we are working on what we call like an intentional culture, really making sure, um, you know, before I talk to somebody, how was your Thanksgiving? What, yeah. did, you, you know, what, did you get to see family? Um, you know, did you do anything? Uh, what did you guys cook? You know, just, a, just some conversation because we're missing that. And it's, it's even more important now with what's going on in the community for us to have people involved with the yeah. community if they want to be. Well, we have a few people that, that really don't want to do that, which is fine. They yeah. don't have to. Right. Um, right. You know, we don't force anybody, but if somebody has that desire and wants to be a leader in the community, we absolutely are going to support them. We yeah. think it's very, very important. Uh, we we talked about economic development, um, and I love the chamber because we always talk about, you know, our job is to make that, have that product that, service that the business community, our product is that business community, make sure we have a strong, vital, healthy business community that we can drive economic growth and development for, you know, for the community as a whole. And that means you got to give, give back to the community. Yeah. Well, you and you guys, you guys do that very well. And we're, we're fortunate to have your company here. So as I wrote in your notes to you, I said, toward the end, we'll just wing it because I don't think we'll run out of things to talk about. And I knew that would be true. Um, but because we are, people won't listen for hours on end, even though our conversations are riveting, we're going to actually um, run down through our random questions and get you to give us, off the top of the head, uh, quick answers to a few fun questions. You ready? All right. I'm sure. Let's go for it. All right. What one piece of advice would you give your younger self? Be willing to take risks. And it's okay if you fail because you'll learn. Mm. Yep. As in swimming with barracudas. (laughs) That would be a risk I'm not sure I'd be willing to take. But okay. What book are you reading right now? Do you read a lot? I don't know that you and I have had this conversation. I don't do a lot of reading. Yeah. I do do, especially when I was driving, I do a lot of um, audiobooks. Yeah. So, and I'm, so I do audiobooks. And right now I'm listening to The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. Oh, I love Simon book. Sinek. He spoke to a walk, oh, at a wide great. conference yeah. one time. What's, the Infinite is Game. Is it a new book? Put it on your list. The Infinite Game. Yeah, I don't know if it is. It, it's really, it's not, it's kind of, it's about looking global and long-term and, 
and really, uh, you know, if you're trying to, if you're just driven on like this one measurement, it's not going to keep your firm or your company or your life, um, whole. There's no winners or losers. It's only, it's, you've got to look, uh, Long term. Well, I'll have to look uh, that up because I love him. Yeah, it's great. Great book. So, dog or cat? Dog. That's what I thought. Yeah. You have <laughs> one dog or do you have? We had one. We lost her in a collie. Oh. Yeah. Big dog, too. Uh, I'm not in the little dogs. I like big dogs. Big dogs. Yeah, All big right. Dog. <laughs> big dog. So, quote. if you were a color, what color would you be and why? And I'm going to steal this from my daughter because she told me this, but she did an interview and they asked her that question. Ah. And I thought it was a, her response was amazing. She said she would be red. And red because you could add white to it and you could be pink and make it be softer. You could add blue to it and be more intense and burgundy and, and have that intenseness. But you could have this whole range. You could take red or red as your base color and you could add to it and create this whole range of colors. And I thought, I love that. That's, that's a great neat. answer. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. So I yeah, stole that is. from Cayman, my well, daughter. that's good. Your kids are brilliant. I don't know them very well, but I follow them on <laughs> Facebook, and they're as talented as their mom is. So, uh, And I know they're both Gators now, right? Yeah, they're both yeah, Gators. So sorry. One yeah. graduating from this, in the, from this in the... bulldog, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know true. you're proud of them, but um, I am... Just honored to know you. I've always admired you. I've told you that, not just for the work you do in our community and in your firm, but for the parent that I know you are. And we've well, had that conversation so, before. So, um, you know, it's um, been just as much fun, you know, getting to know you yeah. and seeing all you've done and, and having our conversations. It's great to see. Um, what we can do when we put our heads together. Yeah, and, and, yeah absolutely. You know, and things. we've had some good conversions that we, we won't be sharing on the yeah, air. Come on. <laughs> and there's some, picture, there's some pictures somewhere oh, of pictures. some fun we've had. There yeah. might be a picture In Lu- New Orleans. Hey, look, my job is to get this thing <laughs> up and running, so we got to take <laughs> yeah, one for the team. So I think that would be a good place to end. <laughs> oh, come on, we're just getting started. it right there. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's always fun to get to see and talk to you. Uh, Love you very much. Thank you so much for your time. And um, I know our listeners could learn and listen to you forever, but uh, I really appreciate you. And we are going to end this show just like we always do by using words from my grandfather. When he was alive, he always told us to take time to stop and smell the roses. Oh, my goodness. My father does, too. Uh, oh, really? Good. Good, uh, wise take words. Take time to talk about the flowers. Yep. Good, wise words. Until I see you again, my friend, take care. <laughs> <laughs>